listening to Special Features, my special creatures. <laughs> my name is Cameron James. I'm sitting opposite Alexi Toliopoulos. And today we are going to have a conversation about popular culture. Mm-hmm. And not just popular culture, the popular culture that you and I have interpreted ourselves. Yes. With- what have we been consuming? <laughs> it is a consumer episode. Yes. What we have been watching, what we have been reading, what we have been listening to. Mm-hmm. We're going to be sharing, I guess, some kind of recommendations, but also with each other, talking about what we find interesting right now. Yeah. So picture this just kind of like, a regular conversation between mm. two friends only. What the heck? Someone set up a couple of microphones? And they're trying to elicit laughter from you and each other? Well, okay. I guess I got a name for it. I'm going to call it a podcast. Yeah, it's a podcast and it's happening live right now from DM Studios in sunny Sydney, Australia. That's true. What have you been watching, Alexi? Well, Cameron, as you know, I'm a voracious cinephile. I love to watch movies, but I have been a little bit busy. I've not been going to the cinema as much as I have. So I've been enjoying watching some things on my own time when I get the chance to. Whoa, okay. And one thing that I have had the chance to watch uh, that I really, really loved, it was on Netflix and it is a Happy Madison production. Okay, so hang on. Let me just do the maths on that. Happy, Happy Gilmore, mm-hmm. Madison, Billy Madison. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the two. Terrific. It's Happy Madison. It's Happy Madison. And it is a new film starring Adam Sandler in a supporting role. Love He's it. not the lead. I love it when he supports. But a Sandler is in the lead role. The Sandler in question in the lead role is Sonny Sandler. And it is the movie called You Are So Not Invited to My Bat Mitzvah. This looks fucking adorable. I think it's so cute. It's so sweet. I had such a great time with this movie. It is basically a teen coming of age film uh, with a little bit of a Happy Madison energy kind of put into it. Uh-huh. Uh, but it is basically about, you know, young girls on the cusp of womanhood, as they would call it sure. in the religion of Judaism, sure. where they're celebrating their bat mitzvahs and bar mitzvahs. And uh, it is like a cycle of bat mitzvahs that these people are going to. Uh, and it is basically about the friendship between these two girls, uh, Sunny Sandler and her friend, uh, Lydia, Samantha Lorraine, both fantastic performances these girls are so good they're so talented they capture so much like powerful energy of like the angst of being like a young teenager and i i think this is a really really good movie if we we did our screen drafts happy madison productions Mm -hmm. uh about a year or two ago now I would definitely be barracking for this to get higher up on the list instead of just like on the end there i think it's really good it looks very fun. I mean, like I, we, you know, I'm the, uh, I'm not the most harsh critic when it comes to mm-hmm. Adam. I generally like all the Sandman stuff and all the Happy Madison stuff. But when I saw the trailer for this one on uh, Netflix the other day, I was like, shit, man, this looks like it could have the potential to break through in a way that mm-hmm. a lot of the Happy Madison movies don't. Like maybe regular folks will be watching this. I think so, and I think it speaks really nicely. Like it is. Like the Happy Madison's interpretation of eighth grade or something almost. Mm. Like it's very good. It's directed by Sammy Cohen, uh, a young filmmaker. And it's the first time that Adam Sandler has worked with a female filmmaker since uh, Tamara Davis on Billy Madison. 
Wow, cool. So it's pretty, I think it's pretty interesting, especially like, you know, it's a film that he's making for and with his daughters. They're both in it. They're both fantastic. And it's Sadie and Sonny. They've got a lot of talent. They are really celebrities in my mind just because of being his daughter. And like, I know them from his Instagram and shit. Nepotism strikes again. (laughs) Yeah. Buddy, I love it. I think they, <laughs> they earned it. They're the, the next funders. Well, they're yeah. all great talents. That's so crazy that the Sandler will have like a Hollywood family that are like all stars. Yeah. It's uh, it's just, it's really, really fun. Really, really sweet. Really, really nice. Uh, it's really funny as well. Um, and I think it kind of like the balance of like it being like quite emotional and sensitive and that often sits in Sonny's performance and then also has like a kind of like that nice balance between that and like the broad happy Madison comedy feeling as well. But let me tell you this, there's a breakout star in this movie. I think it's like maybe only their second film, but they're quite a well-known comedian now mm. and well-loved. Sarah Sherman mm. from Saturday Night Live. AKA Sarah Squirm. Sarah Squirm, Sarah Sherman. Fucking hell, brother. Do you think iconic star in the making? Because I heard I've heard about this performance, mm-hmm. um, and I'll you know reserve any judgment until I see it. But my instinct, because I, I love Sarah Sherman, yeah, I love the idea of Sarah working with the Sandman. Mm-hmm. I know she's toured with him as his yeah. opener and stuff. But God. do you think that this is? a potential new regular member of the Happy Madison squad. Could Sarah Sherman be the next Nick Swardson, perhaps? The they next would Rob Schneider? slot in perfectly. And I think because it's like, there's a vibrancy to Sarah Sherman that's like feels very modern, mm. alternative comedy that like people can really connect She's with. She's also like, uh, shares the um, same love of her like, culture and faith that Adam has as well. Like a lot of the characters she does on SNL are like, like Jewish characters and stuff. So, which Adam did a lot. Mm -hmm. So that's exciting to have a new generation of that coming along. To me, it's not a pairing I would have thought of. I could have ever come up with, Mm -hmm. but it works and it sings beautifully. I remember hearing, uh, she was on fly on the wall, the Mm. David Spade, Dana Carvey podcast with uh, Dan Buller, who co-writes all Sandman's songs and yep. is a writer on SNL. And Spade told a story about doing a Sandman tour with Sarah on the lineup. It was like Sarah, him, Schneider, and Sandler. And I got chills thinking wow. about it. I was like, holy fuck, I would love to see that show. Like, imagine going to Arena oh and seeing God. Sarah Sherman, David Spade, Rob Schneider and Adam Sandler. How sick would that be? And I think what it does to me is like, you know, we think of Sarah Sherman as an alternative comedian, mm. but they're on SNL and like that huge breakout star but on Sandler SNL. Sandler was a fucking alternative comedian. That's it. And yeah. like, she is weird in the same way that Sandler was weird mm. and then the world loved it and caught up with it. And then that became mainstream. I think she's the exact same lineage, mm. basically. They were weird in the same way. They do fucking crazy stuff. Yeah, interesting. And she's just a rock star, man. She's a rock star. And she's so funny in this. You got to see this movie. You will love it. You and your wife will fucking. Well, love this I movie. just it's got so Netflix sweet. back, so I'm. It's on my He's list. Getting Netflix back. <laughs> <laughs> I added it to my list the other day. Uh-huh. I went psycho. I was like, 
like I'd never had mm -hmm. access to this many things before. <laughs> Just scrolling through, being like, add, add. I'll watch that. I'm definitely <laughs> going to watch that. Oh, an Adam Devine comedy produced by Adam Sandler. Yeah. Yes, I'll watch that. <laughs> but I will tell you this as well. Uh, Sammy Cohen, uh, the director of this movie, I don't know if they've done much else. They've made like another feature called Crush that I've not seen. It's not, it's me. It's on Disney+. Plus. I have hopes for this director. I think they could, I, I would love to see what they do next, mm. even if it is, or maybe especially if it is, if they become just another person in that roster of people that make movies with Sandman mm -hmm. or make movies with his daughters. A hurler he. I actually think they're a very strong comedic director and they feel it, it has a really nice look. It's got a good Gen Z, Gen Z look. Good Gen Z look. Like, uh, it does look good. It's good looking the, From movie. what I saw in the ad, yeah. Good aesthetic, cool. nice uh, costume design where... Uh, not quite like a clueless, like not as mm -hmm. exaggerated, but it kind of captures a Gen Z version of that mm -hmm. where like, you know, that kind of like you know, Gen Z, like almost that dad core kind of vibe or whatever, a really good cinematic version of that. So that is, uh, you were so not invited to my butt mitzvah. It's on Netflix. I really liked it. I hope you watch it. Cameron, that was me saying it to you. I hope you watch it. I will watch it. And uh, can I recommend something to you off the back of this? Please do, babe. Have you watched um, on YouTube all of the Adam Sandler, Mark Twain acceptance ceremony? Oh, yeah, back in... Not the whole thing. But I've seen his speech for sure. Well, his yeah, his speech is definitely up there. It's very cute. But everyone's speeches are on there. Mm -hmm. And I watch them all uh maybe like a week ago i was having breakfast and i just scrolled it and then ended up watching all of them wow. so it's like you know rob schneider makes a speech he sings a song as well drew barrymore jennifer aniston chris rock pete davidson david spade it's just so funny to me because for anyone who's listening and doesn't quite know the mark twain award for humor is like the Oscars yeah. for comedy. comedy. If you, like one person gets the award every year, uh, you get inducted into this Mark Twain Hall of Fame, mm -hmm. essentially. And people that have won in the past are people like, that I would say great thinkers of comedy. Mm. Steve Martin, uh, you know. Chappelle. Chappelle, definitely. John Stewart, mm -hmm. you know. So to see like Sandler get it, mm. and then. He's an overt goof. Overt goof. His uh, comedy is like, not often philosophical. No, but very sweet mm. and and you know touches on heart a lot more than more than like John Stewart etc. For sure. So to see him get it, and then all the speeches are just from his peers and friends in DC wearing suits wow. with like the Mark Twain logo behind them wow. is I think really special, really funny. Everyone has great gags. Everyone does the Sandler voice. Ben Stiller's speech is amazing. Wow. David Spade's one is the best. He has a great gag where he says something like, um, giving Adam Sandler the Mark Twain Award is like giving um, the Mary Curie Award to Dr. Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's got good gags. It's sick. It's worth a watch on yeah, YouTube. I great. recommend that. I'll have to be watching it. But Cameron, what have you been watching recently? Uh, okay, so I... Uh, orifices. Well, I, I'll tell you a watch first. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um... Justified City Primeval. Is, do you like that title? I do because it's the book that it's based on is called City Primeval. Cool. So I feel like you have to reference the book. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's clunky having Justified colon City Primeval. 
but I like it as a standalone story. Yeah. It's you... six episodes only. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, and it's a, you know, it's a rebirth of the Justified series, which ran for six se- seasons mm-hmm. or so. Um, based on the Elmore Leonard novels and characters. Based on a couple of Elmore Leonard short stories and then novels. And then Elmore Leonard loved the show so much that he then wrote a Raylan Givens book. And wow. it was the last book he wrote um, called Raylan. And then they adapted parts of that for later series of Justified. So it's like, if you're an Elmore Leonard fan, if you are a Jackie Brown fan, you know, you will love Justified. It's cool dialogue. It's dumb criminals. It's law enforcement people that think they're awesome and cool and sexy and are very performatively so. Um, but then they're also aware of that. It's fun crime stories. And then uh, this new season, it's six episodes only. But without spoiling much, there is room for more. And I finished watching it. I loved it so much. And when it was done my wife and I looked at each other and said, well, they just can't leave it here. They have to do more. There's, it's breathed so much life back into it. Wow. And Timothy Oliphant is like uh, one of the great should-be movie stars. He's, I think he's one of the great TV stars. Yeah, I think so. Because he's so good-looking, charismatic, that you, and so talented that you watch him being like, he's too good for this. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think he is. I think he's just... He's just the right level of good to be doing what he's doing. Great. Um, They've got to do more. And there's plenty more Elmore Leonard books. There's like a hundred of them. I've read so many of them. Any of them could be adapted into a Raylan Givens standalone mystery story. I would watch it. I would love it. What does this do differently apart from being like a six-part miniseries? Hmm. Feeling-wise, does it feel like Justified or does it feel something new, different? It's elevated. I think the filmmaking is definitely like a cut above what the series ever was. Um, it's also set in Detroit, which is different. Because the, cool. the original series is set in Kentucky. Yeah. And it's very like Southern and homegrown. But this one is a city story. And um, as always, there's a million character actors in it that you know and love. David Cross appears in it as an oh asshole over three He's series. He's someone I know and love. Yes. It's people like that. It's very exciting. Um, feeling wise, I think... It's does what we talked about recently, old man action style. Mm. Like the actor, Timothy Oliphant, has aged 10 years since yep. Justified ended and the character has too and he is a little more reluctant to pull the gun out this time. He just kind of wants to be retired, mm. but the the life ain't done with him. Oh, oh. They need him sticking around, pointing his gun at people, trying to solve crimes. Oh, my gosh. Okay, do you think... I've only seen little bits and pieces of Justified. Mm. It just kind of happened at the time where it was too much stuff to watch and I could never... Mm. I feel like I missed the boat. Like, it's a show that I always feel will be the one, the next one in my line or whatever. Sure, sure. Do you think it is a place to start or... It's an excuse to go get into Justified from the start. Well, I mean, I think the reason, I've said this to you before, but the reason you might like it is that it is largely, it's quite similar to Law and Order mm, in many I ways. I love my Law and Order. Um, it's just like a Southern Law and Order for a bit. Like, wow. I didn't know it was procedural. I thought it was... The first few seasons are procedural okay. and they're all based on different 
Elmore Leonard short stories. Mm-hmm. It's like a criminal of the week type thing, you know. Yep. This dentist ripped off his patients and stole gold fillings and he's on the run or whatever. Okay, Raylan like has to track him down. Then from about season three, it starts becoming a bit more of a traditional TV Episodic, drama. Serialized. Episode, serialized show. And then I love the idea that with this reboot, they could just do season-long arcs that are just one story and then and it's only six apps and then it's done. Oof, I love that I love idea. That. Like one foot in the grave and all the great British sitcoms. Yeah, I think that's really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, and also I avoided watching it forever as well. I just thought it looked a bit base and it is. Mm. It is a bit base. But you need that base. But it's pretty fun. And it's, and Oliphant rules. Everyone, Walton Goggins rules. It's great. Can I give you a recommendation based on that? Sure. something that you said that uh, really struck me and resonated with the idea of the perceived nature of law, uh, like law enforcement, mm. of them like tr- going, oh, we're cool badass or whatever, but then mm. you hit with the reality of it. There's a movie um, that I caught up with maybe a year or two ago. Uh, it's called One False Move. Have you ever seen it? It's a neo-noir, a southern western neo-noir. No, no. Um, it is directed by Carl Franklin, who did Devil in a Blue Dress, mm-hmm. the Denzel classic. Uh, and it is written by a writer that I think you might like. His name is Billy Bob Thornton. Mm, and he stars him. in it as well. But He wrote it. He wrote it. Fuck, dude. Yeah, and that's going on the list, man. Around, I, love, I love BBT. Yeah, BBT. You love those BBTs. And it's around the time of... Uh, uh, Sling Blade, maybe a bit after, I think. Okay. Um, and it stars Bill Paxton. Oh my God. And it is. You're the singing per- all my favorite performance songs. Performance of his entire <laughs> life. He is phenomenal in this movie. And basically, it's like a series of murders or something that happened. And some city cops have to come to the Southwest mm. to help solve this thing. And Bill Paxton is like the local sheriff. He's a bit of a dummy, uh, a bit of like Perfect. a himbo. Mm. But there's this moment in it where like the, he, the city cops are like shitting on him and he hears it and he has to just play, like they know that he's heard it and he just has to play it off. And it's like the best acting of his whole career. But there's something about that, that aspect that you're talking about justified, like this, the, that idea of like p- trying to show you're a badass, but then the shortcomings that you have. Yeah. And it is, it, uh, this movie actually terrified me. Like there's stuff in it that like, it, it really hit me emotionally. It's a very good movie. That's One False Move by Carl Franklin. Uh, that sounds amazing. You I will mean, love it. Instant I love that kind of shit. I'm, I'm a... I think, yeah, I love that exact world. You've, everything you set up is great. And Bill Paxton is the icing on the cake. And I think it is, like, far and away one of the best neo-noir movies I've ever seen. Hell yeah. Yeah, I felt genuinely disturbed and tense at the top of this film, and my heart was ripped out by the end. In between, it was an emotional journey I couldn't anticipate. Are you that's reading from your letterbox? <laughs> that's what I wrote when I watched it. It was, like, so simple, that's there. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. What else have you got? Uh, I'll do one more movie and a TV show. Uh, another movie I would love to just shine a little bit of light on because I don't think, uh, you know, because of uh, Necessary Action Day is stopping promotional stuff around Thank it. you for saying Necessary Action. I, as soon as I started saying it, I'm like, I love that. I think it's mm. so much better than using the outdated terminology of striking. Mm. So I think that they're, because there's no promotion around these movies, there was another movie that kind of snuck onto Netflix around the time of Barbenheimer. So there was vac. There was no vacuum for something to sneak through. Um, is this movie called They Clone Tyrone? Oh, the, I that is one that is next on my list. 
It's Whoa. been I we watched the trailer for it the other mm. night and we were both like this looks fucking sick. I loved it, mm. but it is so much like of the pastiche, like a pastiche of all the stuff that I find interesting mm. that works out in a really interesting way. Like it's got all these influences from like uh, black exploitation era of filmmaking, like your shafts and stuff, like the investigative mm. aspect of those and the kind of look of those. Then it's got kind of like speculative sci-fi elements, like uh, probably like Soylent Green would be mm. kind of like one that's evoked throughout it a sure. bit. But then also like this Scooby-Doo aspect of it, of like this gang solving a mystery. And they kind of come harmoniously together to find like this really fresh groove. And it that aspect of it really works. Like the the core lead trio, uh, trio, trio of this Oh, movie. no, trio's good. I like it. Leave it as trio. <laughs> trio okay. I like trio way more than trio. <laughs> okay, the trio of these guys. Uh, why group. isn't it that? Why it's isn't the word good, trio? Right? It's way better than trio. But the trio of John Boyega, uh, Tayona Paris, yeah. who is uh, Dawn in Mad Men, is where I knew I know Tayona Paris very well because I watched WandaVision mm -hmm. and uh, she's in the new Marvels, I believe, as wow, well. Wow, I yeah. didn't know that, but she I loved her from Mad Men back in the she's day. She's great in WandaVision. She's fantastic in this, and Jamie Foxx is brilliant. These, I love him. These three together are so freaking good and so nicely calibrated. It's like the dream trio that you would have yeah. week to week in a week to week procedural show. Like they are so good in it that you're like, fuck, I want a million of these things. Mm. And I want 22 a year that come out uh, <laughs> once every Wednesday that I can watch because <laughs> they're so freaking good in it together. And it's just like so nicely calibrated. That's just like, I, I, you would come back to it every freaking week. Do you think like, um, do you think Jamie Foxx will be remembered forever as like a great star, a great actor? I, I hope so. And I do believe so. I think that he needs to, he hasn't quite got the respect that he Which deserves. Is, I don't, I think that's. I agree with you, and I think it's crazy to say that because he's an Oscar winner. And he's a huge star. Huge star. But I think people don't talk about him enough. And I think it's because, I, I will say this, I've said it to you before, I will proudly go on the record, and I'll put it in writing if anyone fucking needs it. I'll mm. put it in writing. He is one of the most talented men in the whole world. Absolutely. He is a, a master comedian. His songs are good. His songs are fantastic. <laughs> he is a, an incredible Thespian, yeah. like all the stuff that a goes into like actor. serious actor. He's got a great rig. Incredible body, my <laughs> God Almighty. He is, oh, mama mia. And also, incredible mimic. A yeah. great fucking impression. Remember that Trump impression he was doing? Yeah. I was like, holy shit. Have you ever heard his Robert Downey Jr. impression? <laughs> it's the best. I'd never heard anyone do a Robert Downey Jr. impression, and then he, I just couldn't believe it. He excels at everything. <laughs> he's such a good talent, man. Yeah, he's and awesome. I just, I love him so much. I think he's one of the best. Like, we talked about that awesome, like, roast. Come on! I know. I like, hope people watch that. I'm your that. conscious talking. It's crazy. I'm your conscious. It's so rude. But so I love rude. I, he's so good. And, you know, he's had some tough times recently. I think yes. I hear that he's on the men. He's doing better. Yeah, that's I good. hear from, like, friends. <laughs> like, yeah, I hear from <laughs> AV Club yeah. articles and stuff. <laughs> but uh, I really loved this movie. It looks awesome. And John Boyega, too. John Boyega too. There are two more than two in this movie. <laughs> there are more than two. I mean, he it's looks like John Boyega two, three, great, four, five, man. six. He's so good. This is um, 
I think he's great in it. Like, uh, I like that he does some of these genre pictures and stuff too, because I just think he's one of the best fucking actors. Mm. Um, I loved they clone Tyrone. I give it a, I want to give a huge recommendation because it just came out a time where it just easily slipped through the cracks. It looks so good, man. I, I like seeing the trailer the other day was exciting and intoxicating mm. and i yeah. we both were like whoa shit that's top of the list that's it's heavy on the fake film green but to the most part it works really well yeah it looked it looked a little bit like the fucking grindhouse trailers yeah. <laughs> but it works it works better than grindhouse uh-huh. i think they figured out more like how to do digital film green by mm. now with this one um i just wish i got to see it on a big screen like i really wish i did uh, and you know sometimes your netflix stream is not strong enough mm. sometimes I had buffering issues and shit Give me a 4K disc of this. I want to watch it. I want to see the special features. I really love this movie. Mm. If I was a teenager and this came out, like I'll be fucking so insufferable with how much this would be my personality <laughs> for like seven or eight months. <laughs> so that's They Clone Tyrone. Check it out. It's on Netflix. Cameron, what else? All right. I'm going to recommend uh, reading. Great, great, great. Let me switch off and snooze for a moment. The idea of reading. The idea of reading. Uh, I just wanted to tell you this and tell mm-hmm. our listeners this. Yeah. I've been on a Stephen King binge. You have been big time. Yeah, so I get I've just noticed that this is a trend of mine where I just get obsessive compulsive about authors mm. and I get I become a bit of a completist. So yeah. obviously I've done that with Elmore Leonard in the past. Yep. And uh, I read all the David Sedaris books. Yeah, you did all the Richard Scaries. <laughs> <laughs> I did all the Where's Wallies. <laughs> there he is. There he is. Yeah, found him, found him. Found him, found him. There's Odd Law. There's the wizard. <laughs> there's the bone. There's the scroll. But I uh, I wanted to re I wanted to get back into Stephen King at a certain yeah. point. I think I'd watched Misery for the mm, first time in a long time, loved that movie. and loved it so much oh, that I thought, it's... man, I I read a few of these books when I was like twelve. Let's dive back in and read them all. So I read all the obvious ones first, and I've talked about some of them on the pod before, like the JFK one, eleven twenty two sixty three, and stuff like that. I just read. The Green Mile. Wow. And I finished reading it in the Uber on the way here to the studio. And I was bawling my eyes out (laughs) (laughs) for the final five minutes of the Uber. Is Green Mile a novel or is it a short story? It is a serialized novel. So he published it Dickens Dickens style mm-hmm. in a magazine or some kind in like, yeah, something like that. Oh, wow. I think it got released as like volumes. Cool. And so he says at the start of the book, there's like a foreword where he's like, I was so bored of writing. I hated writing. I hit a wall. I was so over it. And then my agent was like, why don't you do it Dickens style? And we just lock in, what, the four publication dates that you have to hit deadlines for. That's pretty cool. And he was like, all right, I'll try it. I've got one idea about an electric chair. And he's like, I literally wrote it in chronological order. I didn't know what was going to happen. I would write myself into a corner every time and then publish it and then be like, now what? And have to do the next thing. It's so fucking beautiful. Mm. And it's cool. It's fucking scary and shit. It's like... Whoa. A, like a horror romance. It's really oh gothic. God, I don't think I've ever even seen the movie. Well, I think that because I've never seen Shawshank Redemption. That's crazy. Never seen it, and yeah. I have seen The Green Mile. But there's something about that type of Stephen King movie that never quite did it for me. Mm. You know, where they're like 
they become so popular and yeah. so like mums and dads love them and yeah, shit. Yeah, Shawshank is a bit of a dad classic. And yes. like, I think, I don't know. I wonder if you've missed the boat with it. It's hard to say. I've never loved it. I remember seeing it as a teen when I was mm. really into film, like just starting. Yeah. So the IMDb two, top 250 was important. Like, It's as always a number one. Right? It's always number one. Always. So I don't know. I've seen it a couple of times, but I've just never felt the deep love. But I actually really like Frank Darabont as a filmmaker. Yes. Well, Frank Darabont made the Green Mile mm. movie as well. Um, and I probably only seen that movie once. And... Thought it was okay. Um, the book is very emotional. Yeah. Like every chapter, I had to like stop it and go, Jesus Christ, I'm fucking yeah. missing up here. There's something about Stephen King's writing that he can like, his characters are dumber than we are. Mm. And his characters are experiencing things that they can't even comprehend. Like the mystic and the yeah. supernatural and the paranormal and they can't express it to us through their narration in a sophisticated way. So it's always told in a very interesting way where his characters are trying to grapple with a new feeling, something that they can't explain. You know, like the wardens at this cell will see John Coffey for the first time and they just know that there's something mystical about him, mm. but they don't know how to say that. Wow. So they, I think Stephen King is a bit of a genius at explaining high concept, crazy ideas through the narration of someone who is a bit dumb and articulate. Mm. And it's beautiful to read, to have someone simple, like Tom Hanks's character, the fucking main warden of a prison, trying to grapple with the idea of the eternity and, wow. and supernatural powers and stuff like that. It's really quite special. I was moved by it in a way that I wasn't wow. expecting to be. Well, you know, being your best friend for the last, oh, not not just the last year, but <laughs> in the time that we've been very close friends, the last year you've been in the Stephen King kick, uh -huh. it has been contagious. The way you talk about it, I started reading, I finished Salem's Lot. Oh, wow. I nice. loved nice. it so much. Especially I read it right after I reread Dracula. Oh, and wow. The parallels are quite mm. apparent, but only if you have like a close relationship with that text will you be will it be obvious to you the parallels mm. and i fucking loved it so much and it's exactly the thing you said of like interpreting the supernatural being mm. confronted with it uh it's, man he's such a good writer and so involving and so interesting our friend david alat aka todd noy scholar mm -hmm. extraordinaire the keeper of um mm -hmm. the keeper of the crypt of todd noy's work said to because he's reading 112263 at the moment and he said i think stephen king lives harder than all of us like yeah. he just lives in a way that we don't and as a result he knows how to express these things mm. in a really simple way yeah i was like shit he, he probably does i mean he was a drug addict he's nearly died a, several times he's been with his wife since they were 17 or something like that like he's been through some crazy emotions wow um i love him i've become i'm now like not even embarrassed about being a yeah. Stephen King guy. Yeah, I'm, Stephen King stan. I'm a stan. I read his fucking memoir too, the um, on writing. It's amazing. Oh man, okay. I got to pick a next one to get into. Yeah, yeah. Which one? Give me a recommendation. Well, I'm Where currently I'm currently reading Misery now, mm -hmm. and 
it's great. If you, you already know the movie, so yeah. it's an easy way in. What about a supernatural? Is there supernatural? Well, yeah. I mean, all of them are supernatural. Like they're, they're, okay. they're all fucking crazy. They're all weird. I mean, oh. it, read it. Okay. Maybe I'll read it. It's long. It'll take you the rest of the year. Oh, it took man. me forever, but I didn't mind that. Every time I was picking it back up, I was mm. excited to be back in that world. Far out. Okay. Maybe I will. Well, that's what we've been watching and reading and being consumed by and mm -hmm. consuming ourselves recently. Uh, so hopefully we get some good recommendations. Hopefully you had some nice thoughts permeating your brain while we're saying those things. Indeed, indeed. I hope you do. Um, if I'm going to recommend one Stephen King book, it is that JFK one, 11-22-63. Time travel, right? Time travel, I'm gonna do emotions, it. conspiracies, it's mm -hmm. all there. It's beautiful. That's the one I recommend. All right, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that one, absolutely. Because mm, David's been talking about how much he loves that David's one reading it now, and he's fully inspired oh, by it. It's okay. the best. Awesome. Mm. Okay. Well, until then, Cameron, uh, what are you up to at the moment? you got WTFAQ yep. on Wednesdays. Wednesdays, 9 p.m. on ABC and on iView as well. Lots of stand-up around. Follow my Instagram at I am Cameron James for the dates and all that kind of stuff. And um and just chilling out. Chilling out, brother. I've got the Brisbane only repulsive liquid film festival, both.com. You can find all the stuff there. Uh, I think that's starting as well at the moment. So go check out a bunch of movies if you're in Brisbane. So great, like beautiful retrospective uh repertoire there. Really good shit. Like I'm so excited to be up there for it. Hell yeah. Until then, give us five stars on iTunes. If you want to support us, you go over to Patreon. You can click the links in the show notes, and that will give you some fun things. We've been doing some quizzes. I've been quizzing Cameron on his film knowledge. Yep, and been I've been very fun. freaking out. He has been getting stressed. He's been getting stressed. <laughs> but there's a couple of them up there now, and there'll be another one very soon. Hell yeah. Enjoy. Enjoy.